Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. I wish we had a running count on how many times we've said those exact <laughs> words. And it's like, we pick the topic, so we right. never get on here. And we're like, I can't believe we have to talk about this today. It's not like, like we love doing this podcast, but still, it's like every week, it's like, wow, I'm so excited. I'm so to happy about to be here. <laughs> so um, excited. No, this is, a, this is a good one because I think it it tells people like some options it lets you know a little bit more about what's out there so this is a good one it's been a while since we've done a good like surgical Mm -hmm. episode since we've talked about surgery options and this one is pretty pretty cool this one is pretty cool we're gonna be talking about inner stem for overactive bladder so we've talked about overactive bladder before we've got a whole episode on overactive bladder if you want to refresh on overactive bladder we do not have time to give you a deep dive refresh like we did in that episode go back and listen to the uh, overactive bladder episode if you have overactive bladder you probably know exactly, you probably know exactly what, what we're, talking about. we're talking about so inner stem is one of the non-conservative treatments Mm -hmm. for overactive bladder. And they usually only use this when conservative measures such as physical therapy or medication have failed because it is a little bit invasive. It is a surgical procedure like Rachel talked about. And the inner stem device um, is, that's the brand name, is inner stem. So if you look it up, it's going to have the little, like, copyright, the little mm-hmm. R in the circle right right above it. Um, it is currently the only sacral nerve stimulation device available um, and approved under the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for overactive bladder and non-obstructive urinary retention. Um, this is produced by Medtronic. Um, it's actually based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just in case you were wondering. Um, but it is, like I said, it is the only device that is currently approved by the FDA for this specific um, condition. There is another one in China called Better Stem. Mm. They, came, they did a study comparing the two in um, 2022, and it, there were some interesting... They were very, very similar. I mean, there were some areas one outperformed the other, but they were very, yeah. very similar. But that's in China. It's yeah, not I was gonna available say. <laughs> in the United States yet, or I don't know that it ever will be. But I did think that was interesting that these devices are so rare. And the Interstim really does kind of have a monopoly on this market because they invented this device and they yeah. trademarked this device. So that was just a little... So what in the world is this thing? This unit, this device, um, is implanted under the skin, usually in the buttocks, usually over the glutes. Um, But this is basically going to provide electrical stimulation of the pelvic nerves, specifically the S3 nerve root. Um, And so what we mean by this is that you have cranial nerves and thoracic nerves and lumbar nerves, sacral nerves um, that come out of the spinal cord. And so those direct nerves, those direct nerve roots, we label them by like what number they are. So if you hear like OC7, that's going to be the seventh 
cervical nerve root. Um, if you hear, you know, if it starts with a T, that's going to be thoracic. If it's an L, that's going to be lumbar. And obviously S is going to be sacral. And so that S3 nerve root is going to provide a lot of innervation to the bladder, to the pelvic floor muscles, to the urethra, to the sphincters. And so this device that's implanted basically provides some of that electrical stimulation to that S3 nerve root um, through those electrodes. The exact mechanism of action is not very well known. Which I thought was fascinating and also slightly terrifying yeah i was like they're like what we're gonna shock you put this device in you that shocks you and it works it works we We don't know why why. (laughs) but Um, it literally says like (laughs) this article that i found is called um interstim therapy a contemporary approach to overactive bladder this was hey look at there we did not plan this but we printed no out not at all article. that's so that's awesome but anyway it was published in 2009 um in the journal for reviews and obstetrics and gynecology um, but it is, uh, it literally says, although the exact mechanism of action is incompletely understood, it is postulated that sacral neuromodulation, basically just, again, that innervation into that S3 nerve root, helps to normalize the micturition reflex, that reflex that tells us when we have to go to the bathroom, um, by stimulating specific sensory processing of the bladder within the spinal cord. Um, another theory of mechanism, so again, we don't really know why we're like, well, it could do this. It could also do this other thing. Um, it could also inhibit input to the bladder, um, which then suppresses that bladder overactivity. Um, that inhibition of the guarding reflex can decrease um, that pelvic floor specificity as well and improve non-obstructive urinary retention and dysfunctional voiding. So I thought that was really cool. Um, again, we don't really know why it works, but we do know that that S3 nerve root is extremely important in overall bladder function. And so if we can stimulate that nerve root in a specific way, then we can make sure that those signals are a little bit more normalized and you're not feeling like you have to run off to the bathroom every five minutes. Mm -hmm. That being said, and if you look this up on their website, on Medtronic's website and everything, this is like step four in the process of overcoming overactive bladder. Um, this is a lot, there's a, there's a lot that goes into this process and determining if you are appropriate for this kind of therapy. And this is, like I said, this is like step four. So if you are having some of these symptoms, obviously you're going to want to talk to your doctor first. That is step one. Find your physician, talk to your doctor about it. Um, conservative treatments include diet and exercise, bladder retraining, pelvic floor physical therapy, dietary modifications, even bowel retraining as well, because this does work in the bowel too, if you're having some bowel symptoms as well. Step three is going to be your medications. And then step four is going to be your advanced therapies. Um, again, kind of considering more of that, um, more, more aggressive 
treatment. So a surgical intervention, um, which I thought was really awesome. Like I said, this is right on the website, typically with medical devices and like surgical implants and procedures and stuff. They're like, no, this is great. Everybody would benefit from this because it's a company. They're trying to make money. Right. But if you, but I, like I said, I like that this is like, nope, this is step four. This is step four. We want to make sure that we are trying everything else before we jump into a surgical option. I did think it was really interesting. I actually got a patient from a urologist here in town who has that guarding reflex. So it's like her, it's like the, the pelvic floor guards. It doesn't let the bladder empty. And that can be one of the big contributing factors to some of the, um, bladder overactivity and things like that too, is we've got pelvic floor and bladder working against each other. And it was really cool because the urologist texted me like, hey, we did this study and here's what we found. And I know you guys have working, been working on this. That's great. I just wanted you to let you know that like, this is what we found. So keep going with that course of treatment. And, and it was just really, really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and that just kind of shows you, like Rachel was talking about, that's her going through those steps, right? Yeah. Like we're going to try the conservative measures first, see if we can get those muscles responding appropriately. And then when they don't work, because I love therapy and I would love to sit here and be like, therapy will cure everything. Mm-hmm. It will help every single person and it'll work every single time. But unfortunately, that's just not, just not always true. the case. And there's some people that it doesn't work for. And so there are other options out there. That is not a call we're going to make. That's going to be a call made by yeah. your phys- physician, things like that. So don't go into your physician's office and be like, <laughs> I listen to this podcast and I need an inner stem. Kelly or, and Rachel are not surgeons. <laughs> no, we're not surgeons. We're not medical doctors. We are physical no. therapists. We are just, yep. this is not medical advice. This is information. Yep. We've said that before. We'll say it again. We'll die on that hill. This so, is just information. Again, this is Kelly and Rachel do the research yeah. so you don't have to. But if your doctor does determine you're appropriate for an inner stem, what does that process look like? It usually is in a couple different stages. In stage one, they'll do some kind of trial run. Because this is a surgical procedure, you don't want to just do surgery for something that may not even work for you because it doesn't work for everyone. Exactly. And so they have usually a two-week trial period where they'll put either an external or some kind of different version of the device and if it works if a patient sees really really um, significant reduction in symptoms in that two-week period then they usually move on to stage two stage two typically involves surgery where the device is implanted into the lower back near those sacral nerve roots it's usually it's a it's a battery powered device Mm -hmm. they have to implant the battery and things like that Um, And then after surgery, the doctor will program the electrical settings based on how you did during the trial period. So, yeah, pretty interesting. Like I said, you go through, they go through a lot of steps because our doctors are not wanting to put people through unnecessary surgery, which we always appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. And, And again, because the mechanism of action of this device isn't fully understood, it's obviously if it doesn't work then we're not going to you know go make you go right. through the entire surgery exactly yeah, if it doesn't work and so having that trial period i think is awesome um and until we know a little bit more about like exactly why the device works and how it works and what frequency things need to be set at and things like that um 
I think that it's a it's a great option that we have kind of just that that trial run that trial period it does sound kind of terrifying to me the thought of like electrical stimulate stimulation implanted into you so I was like what can what do you expect with this because that can sound really scary, right? Most people will notice a slight pulling or tingling, um, which is actually coming from the manufacturers of Innerstim. Like, that's what they've reported that people notice. And the sensation shouldn't be painful, though. They should be noticeable. Like, or if they are noticeable, that's fine, as long as they're not painful. If there are, you need to contact your doctor because that is not normal Mm -mm. sudden movements especially when you're still getting used to it that can change how the stimulation feels because of that device kind of shifting relative to those sacral nerves but even if you feel a change in that as you move it shouldn't impact the effectiveness of the stimulation if that makes sense so being able to feel it is normal but you shouldn't feel pain and then after a couple weeks you shouldn't notice it anymore and that doesn't mean it stopped working it just means you've gotten used to it shouldn't notice it anymore but the goal of inner stem therapy obviously is to help people just return to normal daily routines without worrying about incontinence and this actually works for bowel as well as urinary incontinence which I thought was really really Mm -hmm. interesting because I had previously just thought it was for urinary incontinence which I don't know why because the same muscles do the same thing also I don't think we said this but it works for men and women too yes I don't think we mentioned that at the top but yeah this is this goes for everybody yes absolutely Absolutely. I thought it was really interesting looking at some long-term effects. So after you've had this placed, what are we looking at? What is the likelihood that this is going to improve your symptoms? Um, In a prospective study following patients at regular intervals, um, patients were observed from one and a half to three years post-implantation. These results demonstrated that after three years, 59% of of urge incontinence patients continued to have significant improvements with 46% of the patients being completely dry. After two years, 56% of urgency and frequency patients continued to show greater than 50% reduction in urinary frequency. After a year and a half, 70% of retention of urinary retention patients continued to show greater than 50% reduction in catheter volume per catheterization. And so these are some pretty big numbers. Like this is well over 50%. Um, and again, this is after about one and a half to three years. Um, another study found that after five years of implantation, in this one particular study, 68% of patients with urge incontinence, 56% with urgency and frequency, and 71% with retention continued to have successful outcomes um, based on about 50% or greater improvement from baseline. Um, so we're looking at some pretty good numbers. We're looking at some pretty yeah. good numbers. Um, the actual Interstim website shows three times greater quality of life than medications alone among bladder patients and 84% satisfaction faction among those who have had that inner stem placed very interesting we got some really good numbers here it's not a good option for everyone though Mm -hmm. some people it's not a good option for are if you're someone who's not a good candidate for surgery for whatever reason obviously this is a surgical intervention it does require surgery so if you can't if you're not a good candidate for surgery this isn't going to be a great option for you If your primary form of incontinence is stress incontinence, so incontinence when you cough, sneeze, laugh, run, jump, lift, this is not going to help you most likely. 
So that incontinence and stress incontinence and urge incontinence are different. We've talked about the differences before, but if that's, if you have stress incontinence primarily, this isn't really a good option for you. If you're having a lot of urinary retention because of your prostate, like prostate hypertrophy, so an enlarged prostate, this isn't gonna be a great option. If you don't have the motor skills to operate the system, because there is a little bit of user, um, user operation required, then it's not great. It's not great for people who are pregnant or if you're under the age of 16, or if you have neurological conditions like nerve damage from a chronic condition like diabetes, MS, anything like that, just because they don't have their research right mm-hmm. now to say how that's going to do in those populations. So those are some areas where it might not work for you, but any other category, overactive bladder, urinary urge incontinence, bowel urge incontinence, frequency, urinary retention, fecal incontinence, it can be a great option for mm-hmm. all of those, especially in the um, failure of conservative treatment. And these devices typically last 10 to 15 years as well. So they got a pretty pretty good life expectancy as far as implanted medical devices go, um, but also something to consider as well. Like if you're young and it's like, okay, do I want to go through, you know, physical therapy and those behavioral modifications or do I just want to jump into, um, you know, a surgical implant? Well, it's like, okay, well, what is the likelihood, you know, are you going to outlive the device basically? Um, I know it's another big consideration with like joint replacements mm-hmm. and, and things like that. It's like, okay, by the time that the device fails, are you even going to be medically stable enough to have that surgery to replace the device? So that's another thing to consider too, um, you know, kind of like timeline wise. Yeah, absolutely. I also don't think it, I don't think it's like an either or, like I don't think it's pelvic floor therapy or the device. For sure. There's so many patients we see that have this device yep. and it's like, maybe we saw them before, they got the device, they're much better, still have a little bit, and then mm-hmm. we're able to get the rest of that with physical therapy too. So yep. we work with this patient population all the, time, all the time and it can just be another great tool to help you be successful and mm-hmm. then physical therapy can help, especially if you're like, well, I'm... 90% better, but that's still that 10% or I'm 80% better. That's where we can come in or help your body adjust or whatever. Yeah. So that's always kind of fun too. Always. So fun. So yeah, that's pretty much what I had on. That's pretty much it. Yeah. The, yeah, it's, it's, cool. a, it's a sleek, it, small little device. Um, but, but yeah, definitely a good option. Um, if conservative treatments have not worked for you, But, um, yeah, like I said, it's been a while since we've done a good like surgery episode. And so we wanted to dive into the, the up and coming stuff. There is some new research about a posterior tibial nerve stimulator, which is really exciting. It actually goes down on the leg. And so we might do an episode on that here in a while, but, um, yeah, really cool stuff. Really, really cool stuff. So things. it's just crazy to me. And I think we're doing some of that in Amarillo. Yeah. Which is yeah. really cool. It's just crazy to me, the devices that we can implant into our body and be like, yeah, well, this works. Especially like this. We're like, like why what? does it work? Oh, we don't know. We don't know. Like, who decided to be the first guinea pig for that? Like, I have questions. Like, can we shock your nerves and see if you still pee yourself? 
And someone was like, yeah, great. Sure. But thank you, whoever was. Honestly, you've given us a lot of great research. So I remember, and so this company, Medtronic, I was looking at some of the other devices that they have, um, some of the other um, medical devices. They've got like ventilation equipment. They've got um, a lot of like surgical tools, like bone grafts, glucose monitoring, like pumps and ports and things like that. Um, But they also have, uh, they also produce deep brain stimulators. Um, and so this can help with Parkinson's. It can help with dystonia, um, epilepsy. They even have some for tremors and obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh, that's cool. And so I remember in, um, in gross anatomy, when we were doing our dissections, we were, about to take out the brain. And I remember we had in our cute little patient, she was this cute little old lady. Um, she had these like incisions on the top of her head and we, they had shaved their heads. Nobody had hair. Um, and so we could kind of see that she had like these little incisions. They looked almost like little goose eggs almost. And we were like, what is that? And we're like asking our TA, we're like, what is that? Like, is that an incision? Is that like, you know, what, what is on her head? And he was like, Oh, I think that's just like where her head was resting on the drain. Like, you know, cause in the, in the tanks, in the lab tanks, um, they have little drains just to catch any excess fluid. And we we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, like that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And so we're digging into the neck a little bit we're trying to figure out we're trying to find some muscles down there and we see this wire in her neck and we're like what in the world is this and we tried to find like other people this is the last chunk the last um what did we call them blocks blocks thank you and and to be clear this was rachel's cadaver not her patient thank you (laughs) um so this is not what you can expect from just to be clear just to be clear this is in school this was in gross anatomy lab because you said our little patient and i was like i feel like patient oh no i was like i i was like man did we call them that i don't i maybe their tank was like way more respectful than ours i'm so sorry no this was not like somebody rachel saw in the clinic this was no cadaver who had chosen to donate Donate their body body. and we are very thankful for that donation I'm so sorry so much. <laughs> thank you for catching yeah that. this was our cadaver anyways and so we're looking around in the neck we see this little wire and we're trying to find like other people that had been at that tank for previous blocks um to see if like they had seen anything because we had already done the abdomen by then and so we were like okay other people what you know what happened what's going on nobody and they were like no we had no idea what it was like we just cut it and just you know went on with our you know dissection and so we finally get to the part where we are going to take out the brain I'm sorry if you get squeamish skip ahead a couple minutes here and so we had cut the skull and we're literally pulling off I remember I this is like a core memory like I distinctly remember grabbing the top of the skull and pulling and you just see these two wires just come straight out of her brain and we're all sitting there we're like Connor, who's our TA, we're like yelling at him. We're like, what? What do we do with this? Like, what's happening? And so he brings over like all of our professors, like all of the, uh, you know, our our gross anatomy professor, the functional, like literally every single professor and TA was over at our tank at this point. And we're just like, what is this? Like, what is going on? And so they had like gone back and looked at her past medical history, and she had had Parkinson's. 
And they were like, oh, okay, like we know what this is. This is called the deep brain stimulator. And so you basically insert these electrodes into the brain. Like, and this was not just like a centimeter deep into the brain tissue. Like this was like a good, I don't know, three, four inches long into the brain. And they were basically explained to us like with Parkinson's, you can specify, you can identify almost down to the neuron, which neuron is sending those signals to cause like the tremors that resting tremor that festinating gait um and and cause a lot of that you know the 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 typical parkinson's symptoms that we see and so they literally so the wires go down into the brain they come out wrap around like the back of the skull down the neck and goes into a little battery pack in like the abdomen and then the patient gets a remote and they can control how strong they need those electrical impulses to be like if they're having a really bad day with their symptoms mm-hmm. they can kind of turn up the intensity or turn it down or just turn it off if they if they just want to break from it but I like like I said that is a core memory for me like I will never forget that and just like geeking out over how freaking cool technology is that we have things like that I probably drastically improved that woman's quality of mm-hmm. life. And then for her to go around, you know, for, to, for her to turn around and be like, yeah, I have had all of these things. I want to donate my body. I want some, mm-hmm. I want these students to be able to learn off of me and, you know, kind of be able to see this, see the things that I've had done. So I kind of just, that was kind of just a, a rabbit trail that I went down, but no, um, that's so cool. But yeah, it was just, it's like I said, it just kind of blows my mind. The technology that we have available, the the people that are, are willing to be our, our tech subjects and our guinea pigs in in situations like this where it's like hey we have this new device we think it'll work but we need somebody to test it out Mm -hmm. and so it's just it's just crazy to me that how far our technology has come in in the medical devices that we have so I wish I could go back and take gross anatomy again but without all the hours I had to put in (laughs) and without all the stress and without all the and without being graded I I just want to go but like I don't want to I don't necessarily want to observe because I want to, like, it was fun. It was fun. It was really it was fascinating. so fun. It was fascinating. And I think that if you are, you know, a physical therapist or in the healthcare field, like, obviously we all have a, a fascination with the human body. And so being able to go in and just pick apart and be like, okay, this is where this muscle is. This is where that nerve is. This does that. And that's how everything comes to, you know, in your textbooks and everything, it's like, you see, you know, they'll take away all the fat and you just see the muscles and then they'll take away all the muscles and you just see the skeleton and, or you just see the circulatory system. And so seeing everything kind of like all compact, like in together and like, oh, that's how this flows together. That's how these things fit together. It'll give you such an appreciation for the miracle of human life. Absolutely. 100%. Like it will, 100%. I don't know. It it just it blew my mind and it it will just really make you value human life. And it just it just completely solidified and what it takes for us to function. Yes. Yeah. And it just it completely solidified like my faith too Same. of just That's like That's what I was going to say. Like I like yeah. How did God know that that was everything? Like I don't if I know. think about it too much, my brain so, hurts. That was something like people talked about, like, or I've heard people talk about, you know, the more educated I became, you know, then I like stopped believing mm-hmm. in God because whatever. And I felt the complete, I felt the complete opposite. opposite. The more I learned about the human body, the more I was just like, somebody did this. Someone, someone did this. Someone cooked here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, there, this. 
You're telling me like if one cell microscopically messes up this one little tiny job, we can't. Or a banana instead. Like, just, or, or like we can't function and we don't. Like it, it just. The it's, specificity. It's so beautiful. It's needs, beautiful. It's, it's so gorgeous. beautiful the way it works together. Just and the specificity of how every single cell in our body needs to work in an exact way in an exact function and like you said if one thing is different life is not possible yeah and then it blows my mind and then like to bring it back to pelvic floor one of the reasons i love physical therapy is because you take all those concepts of what makes the body work and what makes it function properly and you see this body in front of you that is not functioning that way Mm -hmm. and you all you have to do is figure out why why and then fix that Mm -hmm. and there was a quote that really stuck with me I'm not a quote but like this theory from I think it was Hippocrates and it was talking about how health is um like the absence of disease which no duh but then the whole theory was to restore the body to health you just have to remove the disease process which that idea like I've tried to carry with me into therapy and obviously it's way more difficult than that but it's like we look at this body that's supposed to function so beautifully and we just find what is not doing its job or what's trying to compensate for something else or what's angry because it's and then you just fix that by fixing all you help the body fix itself Mm -hmm. and I love that it's we're not cutting the body we're not doing anything Mm -hmm. we're not putting medication in the body and those things have their place Mm -hmm. but that's why I love physical therapy is because we're helping the body fix itself Mm -hmm. and pelvic floor especially we're helping the the body fix itself in some of these ways that can be so life-altering and it's just really really rewarding I love our job so much (laughs) (laughs) I love our job it's It's, fun this is seriously like the most rewarding field the most rewarding career that I ever could have asked for I'm getting a student in January and I was emailing her and that's what I told because a pelvic floor clinical can be a lot and so I was trying to prepare her a little bit and I was like it can be a lot of information I was like but in my opinion it's going to be one of the most rewarding Mm -hmm. clinicals you could possibly do so I hope she feels that way I'm excited to pass on some knowledge that's so exciting yeah so if you are a student and you want to come learn here we take students and we're always yes. happy to take students. We love to take students. Yeah. We love to. It's it's a great opportunity to learn. Um, you'll learn a lot from us. And um, we'll learn a lot from you. Yep. Yep. And we're going to, we'll put, we're definitely going to push you. It's, mm-hmm. it's an intensive clinical, um, but it is so rewarding. Mm-hmm. It is so rewarding. I could go on and on and on about how much I love our job. Absolutely. We've digressed. Okay, but Rachel, do you have a patient win? I do. So I have this cute little patient. She is the light of my life. She is so adorable. So first of all, she is 75 and she just got married. Oh. And she's so sweet. And I hadn't seen her in a while because she just got married. And I had asked her, you know, when I saw her yesterday, I was like, oh my goodness, like, I don't think I've seen you since your wedding. How was it? Um, you know, did you guys have a honeymoon? Like, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, oh, it was just wonderful. I've been praying for a guy like him for a long time. Aww. And I was like, oh my heart. I was like, I'm so happy you found him. Oh, so she's just, she's just a sweetheart. She was just so sweet. But she, we had kind of unintentionally, and we've kind of talked about, you know, like when, as we kind of start, like, 
like easing out of therapy we'll kind of go like eh, you know like let's go four to six weeks see how mm-hmm. you do uh, we'd kind of unintentionally done that just because she got married she was traveling um, and so we had pretty much gone about six weeks since I had seen her last and she didn't have any problems at all I mean she was going through like two to three pads a day not even wearing them anymore and so especially like to have that timing like right around her wedding too just that she could enjoy her wedding and not have to worry about something like that was huge and she told me she was um at a she was at a restaurant she had gone out to um had gone out to eat with her family and they were just sitting there and she was like it wasn't until I walked out of the restaurant until I left that I realized that I hadn't even thought about the bathroom at all like normally the first thing that I do when I get into a new place is immediately look for where the bathroom is and she was like I didn't have to do that she was Mm -hmm. like it wasn't until I was done that I realized just how much freedom I had and how much I can enjoy that meal without thinking about the bathroom and I was like this is why I do what I do I love love this so much so she's just doing so great she's doing wonderful um and so like I said she's just she's awesome and just is sweetest sweetest patient and I'm just really happy for her and I'm glad that she can enjoy her newlywed life without worrying about Mm -hmm. without worrying about stuff like a bladder I love that yeah what about you I had a patient with some SIJ pain, and we, I think we've talked about SIJ pain before. Yeah, yeah. I like treating SIJ Me pain too. a lot. Except when it's mine, because it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I really enjoyed treating it. I saw this patient, patient for the initial eval. She'd been doing some things, been trying some other things that weren't necessarily working. And so I was just like, you know what? Here's what I see. I see this is going on. I see this is going on. I see this is going on. So I want you to try this, this, and this. We're going to do some taping. Let's just see how it goes when we try these other things. She came back in after one visit and was drastically better. Beautiful. Drastically better. And she was like asking me, can we go to the gym? Can we work out? And I was like, anytime anybody asks me to go (laughs) to the gym and move their body, that is an immediate yes. yes. I will figure out, even if you've got the worst over, I'll figure out something for you to (laughs) do. Um, Because that's like the biggest battle I have in here is begging people to exercise. So anyone mm-hmm. time someone's like, can I move my body? I'm like out the door. So I'm like, let's go, <laughs> let's go. I'm like, do you want the 15? Do you want the 25? Let me see. You know what? I bet I could go find a barbell somewhere. Hold on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, and it was just, she had so much fun and she was just having a blast at therapy. Awesome. She loved to move her body. She was feeling that. good. Her pain was better. And it was just one of those things we got off on the right foot and then we just continued to have a lot of fun. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was a blast. So that was, that was my patient win. That is amazing. Yeah, it was fun. What made your overactivity worse? Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, my husband, (laughs) start too many stories this way. He um, likes to play video games with like some of his baseball friends, so, like some of the guys that either are retired to, or that are still playing. I think it's how they all keep it in touch. They play like once or twice a week. Um, and he gets off the game last night and it comes in there and he's talking to me and he was like, Oh, so-and-so's girlfriend, she uses Miralax all the time too. I was like, what? what? He was like, I, I told them how you, you use Miralax, and they were saying that. I was like, why? why how were, dare you? Why were you telling your gaming buddies that I was using? And I was like, 
he's like, well, I told him you use it when you go on vacation so you don't get travel constipation since you've got that problem. <laughs> I was like, is nothing sacred anymore? Do we not keep secrets? <laughs> he was like, yeah, and, and so-and-so's girlfriend, she, she has to use it all the time. I was like, that's concerning, first of all. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> do y'all have nothing better to talk about than the bowel habits of your <laughs> significant other on there? Oh, my gosh. Like, you ask a man, he'll tell you his friend, like, is getting divorced, and you'll be like, oh, what happened? And he's like, oh, I don't I know. I don't know. But you somehow somehow the laxative i use when i get travel induced constipation comes up and i was just like i was like you did not tell them that and he was like yeah is our marriage not sacred to you he was like he was like yeah why? i was like get out yeah why i was like oh my gosh so Prison Mike made my overactivity oh, worse yeah. this week. Our sweet little baby clinic angel. Um, our, if you missed our <laughs> earlier episodes, Prison Mike is the name of our cat that we have at the clinic. Kitten. Kitten he's still a baby. Um, so we found him when... I say we. Like, <laughs> like this was a group effort. Like this is a clinic effort. It was um, Katie's husband works at the prison. Um, one of the inmates found a little kitten that was five days old and so obviously we had to name him prison mike um since he was only a couple days old we needed to or he needed to be bottle fed and so katie just brought him to the clinic for a couple days and at first it was just going to be like a couple days just until like we could kind of wean him off the bottle again i keep saying we because obviously he is still here yeah (laughs) and he is very much like the pride and joy of our clinic we all just dote on him we love him so much um he his eyes were a little bit funky to begin with um and turns out he has little eye syndrome and so basically his eyeball sockets are like really small and so they just like didn't grow they just didn't develop right and so one of his eyeballs started swelling um and we had to put him in a cone and he was just so cute running around um and everything was fine we were like we all knew that he was going to eventually have to get it removed his his eyeball um but yesterday it started bleeding and it was just really really bothering him and so Katie ended up like rushing him to the vet yesterday um which was really scary but he is okay they did end up taking out his eyeball yesterday um his stitches look phenomenal mm-hmm. so props to the vet who's taking care of our little prison we're bike. all like dusting off our wound care to Literally. make sure <laughs> like okay we need some saline solution we need some silver we need some honey everything's gonna be great um but he is doing fantastic he's doing fine like literally you would never tell that he had an an organ removed yesterday like no. the way he's just he bouncing like and playing hopping. around yeah, yeah he's just his his normal self so he does still have a cone on well it's a dinner plate it's a he's paper. too it's, little he's for, too little for the cone yeah. it was too big and he couldn't eat so i had to put a dinner plate on him instead it's so cute it's so sad but he's just he's precious they didn't they haven't said anything about the other eye the other eye is looking fine so or he can definitely still see out of it um i don't know how well because he definitely still runs into things all the time i feel so Uh, bad i used to laugh at him all the time when he ran into things yeah because i didn't realize (laughs) he had a problem 
Yeah. We are <laughs> sweet baby. So he had he eats like cat food now, but every now and then am I still I still see him getting a bottle and I'm pretty sure he's older than six weeks. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be well weaned by now. Yeah. But I have this theory that when people get stressed out, like it calms them down to go feed him. So yeah. people just go feed prison <laughs> Mike his bottle. <laughs> Literally just go give him a bottle. And he just loves it. He, he just loves it so loves much. The attention. He loves to play so much. Yeah. He's too, he like I said, he's literally doing fine. But yesterday was real sad. It was real it was stressful. Sad. So it was yeah, that was really stressful. Ugh, our sweet baby. But he is thriving. He's he is. like our clinic mascot now. Literally. Love watching. He wasn't interact here. With him. When was it? I think it was Friday. He wasn't here last Friday for some reason. I think Katie was out and so she obviously she wasn't here, so she didn't bring him. And I was like, This is stupid. <laughs> like, why do I have to come to work today? Like, why do I have to be here when prison Mike is not here? This is not what I signed up yeah, for. Yeah. And everybody asks about him. You guys have been so great. Yeah, you guys are the sweetest. It's been so fun. Yep. That was but, a good one. Well, that's all we got for you for today, my dudes. We will see you next week. We've got a fun lineup of episodes. We've yeah. actually been putting quite a bit of thought and planning. Yeah, into we're, we're planning things we, out a little bit more. Yeah, then. so got some good lineups coming so, soon. So yeah. we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.